0: What's up, y'all? It's Patrick. Welcome to another episode of Life in Commune. As always, thank you so much for tuning in on Apple or Spotify. Before we hop into this episode, if you could please rate the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us spread the vibe. And make sure to come practice with us at communeyogastudio.com. Your first seven days are free. We have new classes every single day. Come be part of the crew, have fun, and explore your practice from home. It's a broadcast today. It is a broadcast. <laughs> By the way, as we get into it, the people are asking you to speak up into the mic. They, they, it's it's, it's it's been a request. They say that you're on that whisper game. You're kind of like yin yang twins, or so kind of like two thousand two. You're on that. You're it's on good that for game. one song, and then it's and then you're done with it. It's good that's for that, one podcast, yeah, and then then. That, that's that's it, what people are saying. People are like, man, you and Carly, that you guys sound like so clear, and veterans for, for whatever CJ Chubb was like, you guys turned down their mics. I was like, no, it's not D twelve. It's not no. my band. No,
1: it. I I think it's when you start to get a little bit excited you pull yourself away from the mic yeah. just naturally you're just kind of you finesse I, I you're, don't you're, sit in the pocket you're
0: in and out yeah I'm, I'm in there I'm, you sit in the pocket I, there, I got no scramble in my game I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling really I'm
1: tossing it away if I just sit in it uh, you know I could find an open receiver
0: you're looking for that avenue avenue to sneak out all right, y'all. As always, thank you so much for uh, for tuning into the podcast. We have a lot of good questions that CJ and I are going to jump into this week. Um, but before we get into any of that, you just had a practice path release for you know the next number of weeks. It's going to be out there. Tell the people what's it about. What what's what do what we got in the mix? Yeah, for
1: absolutely. Um, so I wanted to create. Um, everybody's been super pumped with the slow power and a lot of the core stuff that we do in the slow power. So my thought behind uh, the new practice path was to let it be more of a complementary focus to where they're short, 10 to 15 kind of quick hitter videos so you can get the core and body nice and warmed up and then be able to either take another practice or to do something else in your day. So uh, the goal is to definitely create fast heat, but not to, uh, you know, uh, destroy you or anything like that. Even though I know some of the moves are challenging, it was challenging for me. Obviously, I was sweating a ton, so hopefully you are as well. Um, But it's go go your own pace. I mean, everything, I'm actually doing a uh, some workout stuff and routines myself. And I think it's, it's, for me, it's, it's not necessarily a downer to maybe not be able to do as many reps that was required or can't go as long, but to the next time that I do it, oh, I got a little bit further. Oh, I got a little bit stronger. And so if you do these videos, um, throughout the entire time that they're up, hopefully you get stronger as well and be like, oh, you know, little gains. So.
0: Did you cook them up a bit. I did.
1: I did cook them up a little bit. Uh,
0: what are some of the different focuses of the various core strength videos, and or like I guess little class? I hate calling things videos because it's like it, it is like a little class, you know what I mean? So like of these kind of like little short form core focused classes that you created, what are some of like the different focuses in each one?
1: Absolutely, we did uh, one that was going to be more isometric holding, so not a lot of movement. We did another one that was not a lot of. Uh, Stillness at all and actually getting into it. So a little bit more cardiovascular as well as conditioning core conditioning We did the classic boat pose that everyone loves with a lot of different variations Um, And I think that one's fun just because that's always a familiar one for people Um, And then we of course did the slides and that's just brutal as well I mean if they've taken uh, me or you and they they know that it's coming The The
0: slides they come for all of us. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it doesn't matter how much core strength you have it just reminds me of that Lord Huron lyric where he's like, the darkness comes for all of us. I'm like, I feel like that's what the slides are. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. it doesn't matter who you are. If, if you're doing those slides, they're coming for you. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just and and
1: that's kind of like the whole... The whole point, the point is necessarily, I mean, you're going to obviously get better at the slides, but they don't necessarily become easier. No. There's always ways you can refocus or reintegrate to continue to make them challenged. I think that's why we enjoy them so much. Yeah,
0: as you get better at sliding, it just gets harder because you can do more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. That's, that's it. It's, it's just like running for time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you're running for distance, you can get better at just like, oh, I'm just going to go five miles. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? All of a sudden, or you're just you're just going like hey, I'm just gonna eventually go a longer distance I'm not really trying to push the pace but eventually it'll get better whereas like if you're trying to run five miles for time like no matter what every single round out there if you're trying to push the the time it's always going to be hard absolutely and that's kind
1: of the 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 goal with it as well as to, to see your own progress because they're not that long. And so the the hope is that maybe you did it one day and it cooked you, but then you've been doing things for you know a week or two and then it doesn't cook you as much. You're getting stronger. So I like that you're able to visually see some of the strength moves that you gain, especially if you haven't really worked on the core or been uh, that type of, I guess, dialed in with the effort <laughs> you know when you really push yourself tiled,
0: tiled in with the effort
1: <laughs> you know when you really push yourself it it, it is a uh, it, it's you know everyone hits that wall and that's the kind of point of it is that you will hit a wall i mean i hit walls all the time so i think that's how we continue to progress
0: so i think it's part of the reason mm-hmm. that any of us show up in the first place mm-hmm. right like you're, absolutely you're looking for something like you're looking for an end range and hopefully you get comfortable with whatever that end range is and you decide if you want to progress or not Mm -hmm. you know I think there's I think it's really good to uh, this is something I've been thinking a lot about um, in my own practice uh, and in my own life I guess which is like where what is the amount of time that you have in your life for various things you know because you you only have so much time during the day and you also have a limit on the amount of energy you have and we all have this doesn't matter if you like you know you don't ever need to work a job and you can just chill all day long or you have eight jobs and you know unlimited other family responsibilities there's still a limit to the amount of energy and the amount of free time that you have right so again obviously those are two randomly made up extreme situations Um, but we all kind of fit somewhere in that bell curve and in that you have to kind of like bounce out your time and like what's what's important to you or where do you kind of want to put your focus you Absolutely. Know what i mean because it's like how do you and this actually kind of bridges uh bridges into a question um that people had but it's kind of like how do you how do you determine where you want to you know place your energy because sometimes you know showing up on the mat and just nailing a class is like that's perfect. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I don't need to think about it. I'm just coming. I'm doing the class. My body feels good afterwards. There was some element of physical work, some element of coordination, stretching, mindfulness, breathing, all of those aspects. And then other times, you know, like you go for runs a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also been doing some other some other training, if you will. and uh, and it's good to have those things too, but those they kind of play into a balance, right? Mm-hmm. To the absolutely. and and in, in a balance of also, you know in a perfect world on a
1: sunny day outside i would go for a long casual run or do different things and that's not always the case um the more that things get busy or life stuff happens and so sometimes that run changes from maybe a longer run to a shorter run or to sprints up this hill right next door to my house or maybe more of like a little bit of an interval body weight session it it changes to the amount of not just effort, but how much time I want to spend. Exactly. This time. Because I think you can, I'm starting to learn and, and you learn to be more efficient when you don't have the time. Totally. You're like, hey, I need to get this in. I feel good when I get this in, but maybe it doesn't look like what it used to anymore. And totally. being okay with that.
0: Totally. I mean, I remember in like the pre-Harvey days uh, when when we were living together mm-hmm. or also just when we, when we um, when you were here and we would come up from LA and we would hit like these three to four hour just like marathon like practice training sessions and like my body was feeling good but I would just be wiped out afterwards yeah. like those realities don't really exist no the I was same I was I anymore. was
1: teaching I was independent I was just I could teach when I wanted to yeah I, I knew if you were in town I could be like hey I'm not teaching tonight yeah exactly. and I, we can and you had time to where when you were here I it was more, yeah exactly yeah, so was it was just it was just different ways to exactly. train and to where now we have our own little setup in the studio while yeah. people aren't here and try to get like gains in between. And yeah. It's just learning to be more efficient with your time because there is only so many hours in the day. And that all that stuff is super fun that we got to do. But at the same time, learning that like, oh, we could have probably hit two hours and being a little (laughs) bit more efficient than the three or four hours. I mean, I'm not saying that we weren't doing like
0: we were always doing something, but that just, there's just always something to do. There is saying that like, if, if you're like, Hey, as you get into some a lot of this body movement, yoga, these, all these various practices, there's so many awesome things to explore, um, but for us, I think there's always something to work on, mm-hmm. and especially because, for example, and uh, this is another question that will come up later, and we can, we can just answer this straight away. Do you have to be flexible to be a yoga teacher?
1: I think we can both honestly say no.
0: Honestly say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the reason I said we could spend so much time doing a training session is because the flexibility work that we need to do uh, if we're really trying to push to our end ranges takes a long time it takes
1: a long time to warm up it
0: takes a long it takes a long time to get to the point of making those gains so uh and again that's just skeletal structure and you know natural predisposition and this stuff we did in our you know i guess i always want to say like our previous lives but you know things we did Mm -hmm. before starting yoga and um yeah, it's just funny, but yeah, you definitely don't need to be flexible to no. be a yoga teacher at all. In fact, um, I I would say one of the benefits to not being flexible uh, as when you're a yoga teacher is that you have an easier time relating to Absolutely. your students, and you mm-hmm. can actually speak to their needs a lot more, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. I, I've taken um, a few classes to where it wasn't the teacher's necessarily necessary fault or anything but you could tell she was coming from a place of her own experience yeah and it was as very, we all do and it, exactly as we all do and it was a very open experience for her she it wasn't it was kind of unfamiliar territory for her to come into some of these poses and be like oh you guys are tight. Or, oh, you're not ready for that. <laughs> and so to whereas <laughs> to whereas me, it takes me quite a bit of time. So most of my classes, therefore, yeah. takes us a little bit of time to get going because that's how I open up. So I think I think more than anything to be... Because there's nothing... I mean, I wish I was more flexible. So I, yeah, I, that's totally. not a wrong or it's not bad to be flexible. I mean, we're working on a range of exactly, motion. It just takes time. Exactly. But I think knowing where you're at in the process, and being just, uh, the more mature I find myself with my own practice is just me noticing, hey, this is what works for you, this doesn't, this is ways that you're opening up, this, uh, just all from the experience, yeah.
0: Yeah, I do think that one of the best little pieces of advice that I could give you around this topic is to embrace yourself, and I think that goes for really all forms of teaching. but when you are an, someone that's un-flex, a bit less flexible, you're working on your flexibility, if you will, uh, you don't need to pretend you are flexible. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I think that's something like that teaching. That, yeah, like you don't yeah. Have yeah to like as a teacher, you don't need to like pretend that you know revolved half moon is an easy pose for you. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot going on there. If you're a little bit less flexible, that pose is going to look like warrior three with one of your hands mm-hmm. on the floor. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's it's kind of about beginning to understand you know what is your limitation and actually learning to work with it as opposed to just kind of like throwing yourself against the wall and, and pretending that um, that it doesn't exist. Like I always like to uh, embrace the reality of my physical body and what it is capable of. It's, like, it's kind of like celebrating it, right? Like I mm-hmm. celebrate what I can do and I celebrate what I currently can't do or, or what I'm working towards because that opens up a lot of avenues for me to actually be honest mm-hmm. um, as a teacher, as opposed to, Oh hey, I'm just like saying like, do lift your foot up this high because that's what it looks like Mm -hmm. in a picture. Mm -hmm. You know, which which I think is kind of like a different. uh, uh, We just have a different focus here, and and, and I'm not saying anything about any anybody else or the way other people teach or what other people teach, but uh, our focus is more really around like movement patterns and. The way you do things, like your how and your why, as opposed to what you can do, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because we want the student to to rec- have a cognitive thought about what they're doing. Yeah. Not to not just be led through something, but to understand why, and when you really start to put pieces together and cognitively can go through, oh, this makes sense, this warmed us up for this, and you don't have to dissect it or be super nerdy about it, but when there's a natural progression, our bodies are more intuitive than we think, and I think that when we're allowing ourselves to create this space in ways that work for Every single person, because it's all a coming back to what works for you and learning to know your body and no one knows it better than you. And so when you're able to start to really dive into what oh, I need, you can take the pieces and actually use them, even if you don't fit The frame, you can know where, oh, hey, I know where I'm at, or I can know how to get into some of these positions.
0: Totally, and you can really see how, I think one of our biggest aims with the asana or the movement side of things, the transitional side of things, is like beginning to understand how your puzzle pieces come together in a variety of different ways, and what pieces fit into other situations right so you can begin to like oh i now understand how my wide leg forward fold relates to my half moon i now mm-hmm. can see how there would be a limitation there right and and that, that and that's or not or i can't think of the word that's opposite of a limitation in this moment but like there availability right yeah. so there's like oh I now i can see like how my pigeon pose uh relates to my warrior two or mm-hmm. relates to my you know, backbending, right? There's all these little pieces that are constantly coming together, which is cool. How has your practice changed since we've been on camera? Uh,
1: I would say that most of my actual yoga practice would be when I'm either on camera or off camera. If I'm talking strictly asana. If I'm practicing, I'm usually... if. Because we're also having to move and teach, so even though it's not necessarily focused on me, we're still moving and teaching. too. we're still
0: having to showcase. You stuff. can you can see you you're in there. You're watching the vids. <laughs> I'm sweating. We're we're, it, we're sweating. We're getting it. I I don't really know how to not go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if, I like, mean, I'd
1: say every it, it it's not that it's nec- I mean the the format's changed a little bit, but the practice hasn't necessarily changed. Yeah. Um, or the consistency of it, because I, I've always been someone who am re, especially the older I get into my practice, recalibrating, all right, what do I need now? Like, uh, I remember you had a, I can't remember the exact number, but a specific number of weeks to where you would try something, give it yeah. a go, and then continue to move through it. And I've really enjoyed that approach because it keeps things fresh. And to be honest, I know this sounds super silly, but it's like like a game of like halo or call of duty you're like you have your avatar and you could spend all your money on x y or z or just over time you put little piece eggs in the basket and then you're and then your avatar gets to be this level 50 guy and you can hang out with your friends and be able to stay in the same arena but my avatar was never that good i was not good i loved playing it but i was just so bad i was always like the guy who got the least amount of like you know, the ratio or yeah. whatever. Uh yeah, I was not good. But I enjoyed
0: playing it. I don't think I ever played Halo. I like I played a lot <laughs> of games, Shelby's, obviously. She said that's her
1: favorite game. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who would have thought Halo but yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I ever I I think the last like real game similar to that I would have play played. Again, this is like so old school would have been like the Golden Eye. Like I just didn't really get into those type of games. I was You were right more, before yeah, no, because uh, well, no, like, I, I, really, I really wish wasn't into those games. Yeah. Like, it's not about being before. Like, well, not after, not, not age
1: before. I mean, like, like if you really didn't play video games, like, whatever, it was, like, the N64 and the PlayStation 1 or 2. One. The, one. Yeah. Those were, like, the games for a yeah. while. And then the Xbox or the PS2 came out or whatever, and then that just that really required a different level of commitment. Yeah. I, I had a, I, I played some, I just wasn't, I wasn't near as good as those. There was a lot more controls. Yeah. I, was, I
0: was needing the simple. There was a lot more options. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But it's kind of like making sure that you, you can really put the effort into your practice, uh, tying it all back together of, of what you need in the moment and what interests you. Cause there's yeah. some things to where, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to do it, but my interest level and engagement isn't there, and if that's just wasting my time, then maybe
0: think about trying something else. <laughs> maybe think about turning on that controller, <laughs> yeah, get that, that halo that going. Yeah, I, I was always into, like, more outside of sport ga- sports games, like, you know, I think, like, NBA, oh, NBA Street, is, yeah. NBA Live, Madden, obviously. I was so much more into Zelda. Like, I think I've always played Zelda, and that was like Zelda
1: could work too because you you get to build you, up. You're Zelda building too. up,
0: you no, know, totally. Zelda has its own build up, but I I just like the the open world play of Zelda. I think it's such a unique. It was always cool because I I played especially a lot when I would be traveling by myself because you're just mm-hmm. kind of like on the planes or you know hanging out like you know at night by yourself like oh I'm just playing Zelda I'm chilling doing my thing so that was fun. Um... Yeah, Shelby and I were actually talking about a little bit about this, uh, about how her practice has changed a bit um, since we do all the filming. And one of the things that y'all may like sort of notice, if you like really pay attention to the videos, is oftentimes uh, Shelby is practicing with us but just off screen and so uh she likes to have her own practice experience so she's like she's taking the class but she's Mm -hmm. just right over there like she's on the on the other side of the wall if you will and uh that's that's how she said she's like she really continues to find her yoga Mm -hmm. in the um in the the current world that we're we're you know kind of creating and where we are you know definitely practicing but not doing yoga. I've talked so much about this in our uh, teacher training podcast and with our teacher training crew this month but I was like our um the what's the way to say it when you're demonstrating for a class if it's in person you're like demoing and teaching mm-hmm. when it's on video you're practicing and yeah. teaching it's a, it's it's, it's, a, teaching. it's a bit different yeah. right so like if i'm if i'm you know demoing and teaching i'm i'm really i'm looking around quite a bit Correct. like i have a real wandering gaze like if i'm like if i need to mark something for a class or like me doing the movements is 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 helpful for the visual experience for some students who really learn in that way um, that I'm there and I'm I'm marking it, but if there's people in front of me, I'm also trying to spot them so I know mm-hmm. what's happening really in as many different you know little touch points in the room as possible. But when it's just you know you and the camera here, like you're, I'm practicing, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm going for it in that same way, but it's just not the um, it's it's the breathing element of it isn't there. Like it's not really a yoga practice. It's a bit more of a movement activity correct because you you're um, really practice.
1: it's it's because you're speaking so you really can't connect you, can't, you can't breath, do we, yeah, yeah you can't really connect so and that's such a huge part of the yoga experience is the breath 100%. Work. and so yeah when you don't when you don't get the that type of opportunity to find the breath work it's more of your teaching but at the same time keeping up with the physicality of the practice so you can continue to showcase whatever. Yeah. needs to be done. Yeah. Just, just Mm -hmm.
0: kind of creating the environments a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for me, how my practice has changed since we've been on video is I do a lot of, uh, a lot more sitting, um, just kind of like just trying to sit in silence. And a lot of people would say that's a, a type of meditation and it's just not, it's just not focused. Like I, like I'm not like, Oh, I'm sitting here and meditating. Um, but I, I really like to have a seated practice where I'm just like trying to let everything clear. And I try to do a few of these a day. And they're roughly, you know, seven to 10 minutes long. I'd say 10 would be long, but like it's not like an exact timed thing. But they just, I, as I look at the clock when I like come out of it, I'm like, oh, that's like kind of like roughly seven minutes. And I find that to be like a really clearing thing. And, and in a lot of those moments, I'll do like some simple pranayama practices as well. Uh, To just kind of help me, you know recenter and then with my home practice uh, I try to make sure that whatever I'm doing in my home practice is very Distraction free so one of the things that's been nice and um, For me is like when right around when Harvey goes to sleep That's usually when I'll do my home practice and so it's usually you know kind of around 730 or 8 at night, but I really try to like clear everything out. Like I oftentimes don't listen to music or if I do, it's like very, you know, more mellow. Um, and I just try to like, just more of like a lo-fi beat, like a random lo-fi playlist where I'm not really trying to be attached to any of the, the music side of it. And just, just trying to like feel my body, I guess, as I move through space. And that's been really helpful. Um, because I don't really have a direction. I just try to let things come up and just kind of see how they play. Absolutely. And Those are the best. Yeah, they're the best <clears throat> and I, it just feel it's it's like hey, I'll like start somewhere. Some days I like start somewhere, you know, passive, like just like I'm not really into it. And then I'll do one thing that's a bit more aggressive and then all of a sudden I'm just like, "Oh, hey, and I like I feel I have that like I have that little kick, kick in my it. body and so I'm like, "Oh, all right, like let's get it." And then other times I may have like a plan to practice something that's a bit more challenging. And I get there and I just can't quite, you know, can't mm-hmm. quite start the car, if you will. I can't quite get the engine to fire. And so I'm like, okay. And it's just so this really good practice of just like acceptance. And I'm still practicing and I'm practicing not doing the thing I plan to do. I'm practicing finding a, finding a different path or different Absolutely.
1: route. And I feel like uh, especially the home practice has been... A lot of times for me, when it's simple in nature, not necessarily has to be like simple in movement or anything like that, but when there's not too many pieces to it and I can just kind of be in the zone or really know like, hey, I'm going to wanting to open up this or this, it, it lets me not have near as much pressure on, on necessarily finding something specific, but allowing myself to, you know, offer what it needs to be and a lot of times it is a restorative especially with all the movement that we do but that's been that's been helpful for me for like especially the especially some of the quiet moments but I do like to put on uh, an album every now and then. I've been doing albums like you know, we've been yeah. talking about just albums, and uh, sometimes I'll put on like a specific album, and then I'll let it play and then stretch to it. The thing is though, is if you if I'm doing my vinyls, it's not fun to like go up and flip. That, that's it. the that's the rough uh, part about
0: vinyl. That's because you rough get you get the sound. Is I listen rough to part.
1: uh Bonnie Ver's the I, comma I, and I love it. But it's like one of those ones. There's like four discs, and it's just yeah. Like, and the
0: album is a little bit short too.
1: It's short, and then I gotta flip it over. Every now and then, so it's that's one thing that I would say is a bummer about vinyls. Yeah, like I need a I need a system to where I could put like three or four in, and I press a button, and it just does (laughs) like a CD
0: player. (laughs) Yeah, but that flips vinyls. (laughs) um i've been listening a lot to uh, i told you about this today but i've been listening a lot uh to rick rubin's podcast broken mm-hmm. record and um any person that he interviews on there i almost immediately go and like li- start listening to their discography and so i just listened to the episode on james blake and so i've been i listened to the very first james blake album which ironically i was face? on yeah i was on back in the day oh, like, I, was, oh, yeah. I was i was but i was i was like original like, i was in my music blog life at the time that time like i was on like music blogs like s- scrolling, scrolling scrolling trying to find it trying to just trying to find things mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i was just, just looking for all this stuff and i found um I Don't Blame Them, I think the song, where the where like the My Brother and My Sister, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing it because I would just not do James Blake justice, <laughs> but uh, the My Brother and My Sister Don't Speak to Me, but I Don't Blame Them. And I was like, oh, this is lit. And I thought this was so cool. And I also had some amazing headphones back then. And if you listen to that album with headphones, it just knocks. And so I was, because um, I remember the first time I showed the album, The Carling, uh, we were in the car and she was like, I don't know, it's okay. And I was like, oh, no, you got to listen to it with headphones on because then you can really hear all the sounds the experience and so, yeah but i've been listening to the, to the rick rubin podcast and that's and and just diving into albums because it's you when you hear a lot of these uh, people speak about their work it, it almost makes you a bit more invested in it yourself i find it's which is really cool because it's so you a lot of these people have been making music that he's talking to for a long time a long you know what time. i mean and so you're, you're getting like oh wow like and you can go back and access that you know what i mean like even even when we when we drop some of these uh march 2020 hitters on you guys and you know if we bring back some throwbacks you know with the old cameras and everything you guys will get a, a good gist of you know just some old classes we were mm-hmm. teaching you know here and and it's it's cool to to see how things shift and how things stay the same absolutely you know, and, and how there's always an evolution to that creative process i find we're album guys though i'm always about albums like I, I i love an album i i don't I don't even much like playlists. I feel that I don't remember artists as well. Like I like playlists for my classes, but mm-hmm. um, but I find I'm like, oh, dude, I like my class playlist. I'm like, my class playlists are knocking. But if you were like, hey, who's on this playlist? Like I'd be like.
1: Phew. Yeah, I couldn't tell you a lot. But, that's what names. I mean. I couldn't tell there's you. There's a because, lot of artists out there now. Yeah, though. there's
0: a lot of artists, and I know ones that I really go to for my yoga playlist especially mm-hmm. and when ones that just continue to pop up and some that like kind of cross over like your bond or your james like those, those they definitely have a couple cross, ones that can they, cross they definitely over. kind of play in two lanes for me but uh but yeah i'm just like man i know like off the top of my head i'm like well i know i do this guy this i don't know if it's a guy or girls or however they identify i like kina is one that i do and this that's other person's name like Basmati, but but I'm saying it in as if it was like a Sanskrit word, and it's not. It's I think it's a dude that like Basmati. That sounds like that rice. It does, does it does sound like that rice? <laughs> but uh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, especially
1: the way that um artists can adjust tone and vocal, yeah. and you just don't know the pitches can the pitches and ranges are just so broad now, yeah. especially with auto tune and everything. You really don't know. I just found out that R H Y E is oh, not right. a girl
0: oh that's a dude i've known that did not i've know known that, that. didn't yeah, know yeah.
1: Borns when i first listened to borns thought bornes was a girl
0: yeah wait oh i didn't know that <laughs> see the more borns, you know borns the more dude. you know yeah
1: he just has that he's got that higher range and just yeah. the electronics and stuff but like it's just what music is just so much it's well, more i don't know vast now
0: i mean d- just elaborating on this an album that we both loved that i put you on to it's the Souls album, yeah. the first one. And if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. this. It's like beautiful music. It's mm-hmm. like truly phenomenal. It's like one of my favorite albums. I think it came out in like twenty sixteen. Um, I thought that was somebody singing. So did I. I you didn't know what I'm saying? I thought it was one person. I thought it was one person singing <laughs> all those too. different bits. <laughs> And I was like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" But you know, with, with the way people can manipulate their voice and stuff, that that's a possibility these days. Uh, but no, it was all old field recordings. Um, that the dude i think his name's david he put together with and he made the music for them and i was like wow that's even more impressive yes. to me to be honest with you that he found these old recordings and he made them into these like truly phenomenal songs because um after figuring finding out that it was field recordings i like went and like looked up a ton of field recordings and stuff like that and i was like man these are not that clean, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of those, just the the references, and even if you if you enjoy that project, if you like listening to it, he has on Spotify this uh, an audio the breakdown, commentary. the mm-hmm. commentary of the songs, which is super cool too, because he talks about where the recordings are from, or where he found them, or how he you know located some of them and where they're sourced, and it's wild. It's S- like
1: sampling reminds me a little bit of of when i would try to like piece together classes from you and carling when i was younger <laughs> when i was younger in my journey infancy. i would just sample bits from y'all's classes and try to put it together in my own way um so that's so funny
0: yeah it, it is one of the really funny things about um sampling too is i was um i was listening to this this guy named Kenny Beats talk and he's a producer and uh he he was saying, and I happen to be on Twitter this day, and Twitter's the worst place, but you know, sometimes you go on there for a little touch of the news and a little touch of, I don't know, whatever the heck people are writing about, just some wildness, wildness. and uh, and uh, I was on there and like the producer, Timbaland, was trending, and people were like, oh, Timbaland's exposed because he samples all of these, all this stuff, and Kenny Beats was like, yeah, dude, that's hip-hop, yeah, it's, it's sampling. Jay Z yeah, Kanye. All these, he's like all these little TikTok kids. Apparently, thought that every single thing was brand new, and I was like, oh wow, that's just crazy. That Otis
1: song from like Watch the <laughs> Throne. They're like, wow, like that Otis song. Like who who's singing that? It's like that's Otis Redding.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was just laughing when I saw it because I was it, it rem- reminded me of this one mace lyric where he's uh which i actually don't i think puff may say it in one of the, the original um you know puffy and mace days where he's like we take hits from the 80s but we make them sound so crazy and it's like he's saying they're sampling he's yeah like, so, so, he's like he's a ho- like holy say they're like, hey this is a sample i mean like you know kanye's whole career is a sample like one after the next and it's um, it, it's such an impressive talent to oh absolutely to, it's, it's a, to make that it, happen yeah because yeah, you're
1: putting everything like not only are you making music but you're putting the right... I mean some of the older to me the sampling is just. People who love music. Yeah. Because they're looking for inspiration everywhere. And you have to to dive, dude. You're in the the thick of it. You're You're going to the old record stores getting the 99 cent blues and jazz. And I mean, even the lo fi stuff. Most of the guys that I follow. Um, that create the beats and different things like that. They are literally sampling from old school records, blues yeah. and stuff. All these things, and they cut pieces from it, add a beat to it. there's yeah. it, it's
0: it's wild. And they change it too. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Absolutely, just playing with it, just kind of shifting it around. No, it's it's so cool. But anyways, this I don't really know how we got to that it. point, but but yeah, no, that was, it was good. Um, When do you think is a good time for somebody to start teaching? So like start their teacher training process and then start teaching. Like how many years into the practice? How long? Man, that
1: is just, it's such a crazy question because I didn't get, I didn't have any really intention to teach when I got my teacher training. Yeah, I just wanted to learn more about the practice. And, um, I didn't count on ever being to where I was at. I literally asked to teach a free community class on a Tuesday night. Or no, maybe it was was either Tuesday night at 6 or Tuesday morning at 6. I can't remember, but it was a community class. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. But I feel lucky in my experience that I wasn't – I never felt really forced into – a lot of situations that I wasn't ready for. I yeah. felt like it. my experience came natural to where I went to go get my teacher training. I found, um, and that kind of got me in the door of the avenue of yoga, which opened my eyes and I found you. Then yeah. I started following you. Then I started learning from you. And um, yeah, I, I really didn't have too much ambition to necessarily teach I just really enjoyed the practice and then it just kind of I don't know it I I don't know really it just kind of moved from there I've always had I've always been someone who's not necessarily been afraid to talk in public or be in front of people. I've been on teams and been leaders of teams and stuff like that. So being in front of people was never an obstacle. And so I think that and being myself has never been really big of an obstacle for me. (laughs) So I think those two have helped me because it allows me to be me and to offer me. So, um, that, that's kind of my experience with it. I know it's different for everyone, but mine was, was kind of like that. And I just, I guess to summarize everything is to take advantage of every opportunity that you're given. Yeah. Because someone else, you know, will or um, could have the, you know, same drive and eth- work ethic that you do. So, um, just when someone offered me to teach, I just took it.
0: Yeah, cruise with it. <clears throat> uh, as far as taking training goes, I think you want to sit back and consider what kind of learner you are. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're a very studious person and you take our training. Even if you've done yoga for one week, you will learn a tremendous amount about yoga and about movement. But if you've only been doing yoga for one week and you take our training and you're not as studious, uh, you will be very overwhelmed. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. And so there's there's certain things that come from a training and it's really just about your level of preparedness preparedness
1: and 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 how geeked out are you because no one's
0: really no one's holding like a
1: switch to your behind like hey make sure you get everything done or like no one's forcing you to to learn this no one's forcing you to yes you have you know stuff you need to turn into but like if you want to you know get a yoga certificate you can get one so finding the ways and what's going to be beneficial for you for what you want and maybe just tying it back to a vi- like having a vision
0: yeah totally and and i I, th- I just to even elaborate on that a bit when you are like going through a lot of these a lot of these like just to make it clear my gosh i just completely botched the beginning of that but uh when i did my first what I would say my first good teacher training, the one of the, the first good teacher training that uh, Carling and I both took. I wish that would have been like, I would have done that within like my first two months of doing yoga because we, I learned a lot about the practice and I was, and I wanted to learn in that capacity, right? Like what I, the yoga I'd been doing before had been out of the book or it had been power yoga um, or just kind of like some older spiritual practices, but again, those were out of a book. And so when we, when we started to take one of these better, a better training, I, you know, I was like, man, I feel like I've wasted time because I'd been doing all this other stuff for so long. And it, and it wasn't not saying it wasn't correct, but it just wasn't as deep as what I was looking for. And so you kind of find, you know, where where you want to be, you know, you know what I mean? I I guess that's, you know, kind of the moral of the story is like, if you're in a training and you feel overwhelmed, like, is it overwhelmed in a good way? Because that, that first good training that I took, and I'd already taken a training before that I felt overwhelmed, but I was like, oh, this is good. I'm learning from this experience. You know, and sometimes you can be in a situation where you're overwhelmed and it's not a good experience. Like if I was to play in an NBA basketball game right now, I would feel overwhelmed and lost and would not be helping the cause of anybody winning the game. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like like if you were just to just get thrown in mm-hmm. at, at quarterback mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your Super Bowl team. Not right? not Winston, because yeah. <laughs> I can throw a couple picks. <laughs> but, if, but if all of a sudden yeah. they're like, hey, Tomorrow you're playing. Yeah. Do you know Oof. what I mean? Yeah. Oof. Like there's yeah. there's no you're not gonna get better. No, you, I, you I had, had an
1: experience playing high school football where I was a sophomore and coach put me in at linebacker because we had a couple um, players hurt and I was overwhelmed. Experience yeah, you know. <laughs> and I got hit harder. That that was one of the games I I got hit so hard of playing. Like keep in mind linebacker, so I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing the delivering. I'm just this little <laughs> sophomore playing varsity. guy I'll never forget that guy. He eventually played on at OU. Just ran me over like second play of the game, and he knew he was probably gonna do that. The rest of the game <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly how yeah. i felt <laughs> you know
0: there's, I, I just think it's so i think that's a perfect example because it's so situational like you could be perfectly ready to take a teacher training one month into practicing yoga you could also be perfectly ready to take a teacher training three years into practicing yoga and not a day sooner mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so there's it, it's very personal and i think the same thing goes with teaching like do you like stepping out and teaching in front of people? Like, are you, are, is that your interest or is is that something that you, you personally need to kind of build up and build through? Like I knew, I knew tying it back to your saying, like having a vision to go for it. I knew what I wanted to do with it. You know what I'm saying? And so everything, even though it was overwhelming at times and challenging and, um, you know, had to you know break through a lot of different you know mental areas and physical and spiritual areas as well. I knew I knew the path I was walking and or the path I wanted to walk at least, and so it um, it opened. I was open to continue to put myself in the situation again and again and again. And I was ready for it, but. If it's if you're unsure with your aim, then your motivation to go out there and do it isn't going to be as high. and Then you may start to dread the experience as opposed to be able to enhance it or enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? So I it's agree. super similar to the you playing quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Like, would you be a scared of shit to have to learn a playbook? B scared of shit to have to that D line that D line that, D-line, yeah. that six, blitz six monsters. You know what I mean? Like like whatever it is like there, there's certain things that that, um, you know, and you played football at a high level and it still, it doesn't, it, it's, it's nothing about your ability. It's just like, Hey, that's clearly not your vision is to do that. You're not prepared for no, that. No, no, not a, pre- you know? And so there's a, there's a, there's a reality to that. Um, all right. When you lose focus or ha or having a hard couple of days, making it to your mat, what is something that you would recommend to people? Um,
1: the days that I have trouble making it onto my mat in just a physical way, um, or even if it's a mental block, I just like uh, I try to find something else movement based to do. Yeah. Like I try to find something else movement based to do, and also not putting any type of pressure on what that coming to the mat experience is. If it's coming to sit down for seven minutes and taking some breaths. Uh, in silence if it's finding a few light stretches if it's doing a couple sun a's I, I think so many times we get into the mindset of oh i didn't do an hour class so i so it's a it's a waste or i didn't do this or i didn't do the whole thing or sometimes it's life happens and you don't have the time to do this or you're tired for this so utilize the time that you have. And I, I always feel better after moving. So that's something that keeps me going is I I just feel better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, when I have some sort of movement in my body than when I don't.
0: I feel exactly the same way. Uh, my biggest recommendation here is get yourself an easy win. Mm-hmm. And I think that so often when you've fallen off of a focus or fallen off track, people want to get that big win to come back. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we need to get that big I have win. to like, do hour classes yeah, every day, yeah, five like, days I need, a week. I need to get that big win. And so I think that really puts people off from even starting again because because getting a big win you're like oh I need to get that but then there, you're not gonna a real, hit a home
1: run every time yeah
0: it's there's a real it's a real obstacle to it you know what I'm saying it's exactly if we're making so many funny sports references probably because the girls aren't here today but that's uh, exactly why <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like if you're if you're playing baseball and you you know you're in a or really baseball, basketball, whatever the sport is, and you know, you're in a cold streak, you can't hit the ball, or you can't put it in the bucket, or whatever, and you're, but you're like, hey, next time I'm gonna hit it out of the park, or next time I'm gonna hit like Shoot a, a half court yeah. shot, you know what I'm saying, it's like, hey, no, let's get, get yourself a layup, get yourself on base, get yourself a single, get get a win, like, mm-hmm. I think that getting a win is so, e- is, is easier than you think, and what I mean by that is, for example, if you're like, hey, just even referencing your practice path, right, you know you feel better when you challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, find a 15-minute practice that challenges you, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna feel better 15 minutes later, and it's only 15 minutes, and I think that's such a little way to kind of restart your engine. Absolutely. Because then you're gonna get that 15, you're gonna remember that, if your body's gonna remember that it feels good, and then your body's gonna crave it's it. It's the same
1: thing with eating healthy. It's yeah. just like, it, when people go clear cut or do all these things, like yeah. these fad diets or anything like that, it's, it's really about finding a consistency of the little wins. Like yeah. you find a little win. Like doesn't matter. I know that you are finding movement. I've been around you long enough to where every day you're finding movement. It may not be the same every time. No. And it may be, maybe instead of a, a two-hour block, you have four 30-minute blocks yeah. or different things. But it's little wins. And it's little, it's, wins. A, it's little consistent wins. That's yeah. helped build the pattern and the practice. And then you don't, and then no matter what, it's just part of your routine. It's part of what you do. And so it, you don't you don't look at it any other way. Totally. It's, mm-hmm. it's really
0: about like making it a lifestyle mm-hmm. and making it part of your lifestyle. I think that's one of the things that people get really caught up on is like, okay, it's going to be part of my lifestyle now. So now I'm going to practice yoga for two hours a day and meditate for one hour a day. And then I'm only going to eat healthy. And it's like, whoa, that's really, really challenging for a lot of people just due to their time constraint, what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. but also, it's really hard to make a dramatic shift in your life. It's, it's very challenging. It doesn't matter um, you know how much free time you have. like we are all the product of our patterns. Um, and so you have a pattern of doing things. Like even I noticed me this with, with myself. like I and, I and so I put myself on these, like, these little challenges all the time too, uh, where, like, I love basketball. I love basketball since I was in the first grade. So, whatever, five or six years old. So, I've loved basketball. It's the first time I saw basketball, I loved basketball. And um, and so, I've followed, like, basketball box scores for, like, from the age I was five and pretty much until now. I mean, obviously, there's times I'm traveling where I'd give myself these little yeah, But you're like, oh, who who played? Yeah, who, what, I, I just, who I just check yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? I just check it. And, and I was like, dude, why am I checking this? You know what I'm saying? Like, like... I like to watch games and stuff like that but why am I checking this like on a regular basis like what is it to me mm-hmm. You know, and when you begin to, and, and so I, I do my, these little challenges where like, oh, I'm just not gonna look at that. Like I'll delete the app from my phone for a few weeks or I'll just like not look at the, like any scores or anything. If I happen to have some free time and a game's on, maybe I toss it on, but I'm like, I'm just not following it mm-hmm. right now. You know, I'm just giving it, giving that a, a, a good amount of space. And so then all of a sudden I've cut out more time for me to do something else. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And so that then puts, um, and so but that pattern again coming back to it is is hard to you like i have to actively delete that from my phone and then actively remember to not check those types of things when I'm, you know, on the internet or whatever. And so when you're thinking about making, uh, getting back into your practice, like you were in a good streak and then you had family over, or you had a little injury or for whatever reason, you just lost motivation. It happens to all of us, right? So it's always part of the process. Like you want to embrace that these things are going to happen. Um, but then you want to begin to build the tools to work through them and work around them. And so you can keep having these things that are good for you to be part of your life. So. Um, one of the things I always like to do is like, I get that little win and then just start to build yourself a win streak. So you started first week 15 minutes a, a, a day. and then the next the next week you' or maybe even halfway through that week, you're like, hey, I'm bumping this up to 30. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting out 30 minutes for myself and then you can just kind of build from there.
1: Exactly. And, and, and I think the biggest thing is too, if the end like it's not the end of the world if your schedule gets bumped or you don't get to necessarily do exactly what you want. Like there's a lot of times where you have this mindset to where, oh, I'm going to do this and then life happens. Well, at least what's helped me is that again, going back to that lifestyle, if it's, if it's something that to where maybe it's like, oh, if I'm not doing this in this physical manner, then, but I do have time for this again, going back and just taking those wins.
0: Yeah. I also think it's really important to acknowledge that success doesn't have, um, you know, one picture, like success doesn't look one way. And you may think, oh, a successful day of movement means this much time, or this, I feel this tired, or this much, much exertion, like that, that, that's not true. Like you're finding what you want to do is find the balance of what it means to you and, and move that into, you know, what it means to you and the amount of time you have to to organize that. Cause like maybe it means five hours of your every day to you, but you only have two. So you have to, you know, mix and match and do these things on this day and these things on that day. And, uh, that gives you a bit more of a perspective on, you know, what you need. And then also if it really is important to you, then you can be getting to look at your time and say, Hey, I, I do like to have three, four hours to do this every single day. Again, these are like potentially absurd examples, but numbers are numbers when we're talking. Right. Um, And so you're like, okay, what can I do to carve out more time to do Mm -hmm. this thing? You know, what, what can I do to make sure I can get a full practice in every single day? Mm -hmm. What can I do to make sure that I have the proper um, organization in my day to, to make these things happen? Because it, it's challenging to organize yourself all the time, but it is also something that is available to Absolutely. you.
1: Absolutely. And it goes back to just that vision that you set for yourself and when you write things down, because I, I truly do things, really think that things just kind of perish when there's not a vision for totally. what you're doing. And so finding finding things that you enjoy doing and, and honestly, not beating yourself up if, if things don't happen the way they need to. And that's, it's not the end of the world and you shouldn't just feel like, Oh, I have to quit now because I didn't do what I needed to do or wanted to do on this particular day.
0: Totally. I mean, you define what your movement practice is. You define what success in your movement practice is because it's only as important as it is to you Mm -hmm. and the way you interact with the world and the way you interact with others. And it like, honestly really tapping into that I think is so crucial because, um, these are, this is health and wellness. This isn't like physical performance for a great test or a big game or a competition. You know, mm-hmm. there's not, there's not a, a race that we run on the 31st of every month and we're just, you know, seeing who did a better time. This mm-hmm. is about like your, you know, physical wellness, mental, spiritual wellness. And finding out what that path looks like for you and how it makes sense for you is, is so personal. And so you have to really acknowledge that on your, on the journey and begin to pick up as many tools as you possibly can in your toolbox so that, you know, oh, Hey, when, when I'm getting a little tired of this, well, okay, I'm going to switch my, my direction to this. You know what I mean? It's, it's part of the reason, um, you know, like for example, for coming online, like why do we have, uh, why do we have a full team of people? Because we know y- y'all don't just want to take just one of us all the time. You want to take CJ for a little bit, and then you're going to want to take Shelby for a little bit, and you want to take E for a little bit, and then you want to take my mom for a bit, and then you're like, you know what, maybe I will jump on and take some PB <laughs> and some C here and there, you know? But it's it's always it's mm-hmm. always a balance, right? And then so it it's good to ebb and flow between different perspectives because it only opens up Um, your windows even more to let fresh air in and to and to keep things new and invigorated for you
1: absolutely and it it takes so much pressure off of it um in the, the same way so i i think that when there's not a lot of pressure on it it just makes it more enjoyable yeah
0: all right. We got two asana questions and we're going to wrap it up after these. So um, what is your wrist care routine? What's, what's something you like to focus on for your wrist care? What is like some things that you do on a regular basis that you find to be really helpful?
1: Well, if you are familiar with the handstand class, uh, <laughs> especially a little bit back in the day, we had this uh, wrist routine that we would do all the time, uh, warming up the forearms, a lot of Uh, things with the palms down, different variations of the hands, and to be honest, like for me, uh, uh, after a little bit of that, just being upside down, I start to kind of warm up the wrist and different things like that, and um, uh, I, 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 but I do it, I do it anytime I'm on my hands or I'm gonna be on my hands, I do a wrist routine.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely do too. So I think that there's a few things that you can can consider for your wrists. For one, you need to definitely take care of them if you're doing. A yoga practice or a movement-based practice because your hands touch the floor all the time um, and we were actually talking about this today two things that you can do that are not specifically related to yoga but i think are actually very very beneficial for one hanging on rings hanging on a pull-up bar hanging on a door frame hang, door frame hanging on a ledge um, as long as there's you know ground <laughs> below you <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is really important because it's just gonna traction out the wrist. The other thing that I think is really good um, is carrying things in your hand. So, like, uh, it's called a farmer's carry, but you know when you're carrying groceries up from your car, like get enough groceries to have two bags and then you got the bags in both hands, you're carrying that around. That was me
1: yesterday walking from was QFC. It? I had to, like two bags in one hand and then like toilet paper in my other. Yeah. But like every like street I had to switch. Yeah. And I just remember there's an old man water in his yard and he was just looking at me and he gave me one of them head tilts <laughs> up. And he's just yeah, like, he's like, like son, yeah, I he's like, like, I get it. Keep going, son. <laughs> but it's like, he probably I was wanted holding, hit you with one of those back holding, in my day stories. Get, <laughs> right exactly but it's like like he was saying, like you get the hang, but it you're just super active in everywhere else. So just carrying those groceries. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, one of the uh, I, one of the biggest health benefits that I've received from uh, having Harvey, and while she's a true joy, that the lack of rest that we get since uh, since she came into reality is is something to definitely is challenging. You have to work through it, but again, that's any you know newer newer baby into this world, and they're new here, so you always got to give them space, but. I carry her a ton. And the amount of like subtle strength gain and stability I find in like my shoulders and my elbows and my wrists just since we've had Harvey is tremendous. But it's because I carry her in all these weird positions for like stretches of the day. And that's been that way since she was born. So um, it, there's little things that do wonders for offsetting all the pushing that we do. Uh, and you can find them in very like reasonable and you know conventional and non-conventional way. Like, as we said, like when it comes to if we're talking about more quote-unquote training, yeah, like hanging on a pull-up bar, hanging on rings, doing pull-ups, like that is going to help your wrists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's going to tremendously help your wrist joint, tractioning it uh, yeah, out, tractioning it out. Like all the just the benefit from the strength you get in your hands and forearms also takes pressure off your wrists. Uh, doing cars both both wrists, elbows, and shoulders is really helpful. Uh, Carling has the video for that on coming online if you want to check that out, it's the upper body cars video and uh, that's in the practice paths and then again just like carrying things like if you're if you held like two big cans of soup in your hands and you just did that try to do that for like five minutes that's actually going to help your wrists, like if you're holding those cans and and just holding them over time like you're going to build up a subtle stamina
1: we used to know? have to put our hands in rice for baseball
0: yeah really mm-hmm. and then just like for the form yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but again, that's that's a huge little win. And also, mm-hmm. who buys canned soup anymore? I was like they don't, even, they don't even do the the Campbell's I said, ad bag of, the, of at rice. The I know no, they don't do the ads anymore. You know, like you don't even see the Campbell's the ad moms I, I are not. Nah. The I, moms aren't know. about it anymore. I,
1: I, I, I that's don't. what I always remembered: the, the athlete and his mom, the Campbell's soup. <laughs> I,
0: I don't even remember the last time I had a can of soup. Do you remember the last time you had a can of soup? A can.
1: No, I was probably at my grandma's, and it was probably yeah. the shitty Progresso. <laughs> she would always buy the low sodium.
0: I love you though, memes, but like, no. Nah. <laughs> I just can't remember. It definitely was in college sometime. Mm. Like I, I, I could remember. I've seeing had ramen like,
1: a lot more than I had soup,
0: though. Really, I think I would get the soup because it was like one twenty nine or something like that, and. Oh, this is so it's so bad. <laughs> Eat healthy, y'all. Yeah. It's, it's it's better for you. But yeah, I just remember like one twenty nine. I'm like, you know what? I can I can get. Sometimes I'd have a ten for ten. I'd be like, hey, that's a little win.
1: Oh, dude, you gotta <laughs> get them when you can. <laughs> you know? I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: Um, but yeah, coming back to some of those non conventional stuff like those farmers carries, like again, you can put anything from like a kettlebell in your hands to you know some action jugs weights, different water r- jugs like there's so many different things you can do to offset it and you will be shocked at the difference that it makes like mm-hmm. it's it's tremendous and it's just building strength in a different way and and you may be having wrist problems because you're not used to using your hands in relationship to the floor like one of the things i notice with so many people when they first start coming to practice with us is their hands are almost dormant like they're in their pose but their hand is doing nothing yeah and one of the things that we and we're on a, our hands yeah, quite we're a on bit. our hands quite a bit but one of the things we talk about all the time is like hey your hand you want that to be like when you're sprinting you know if, if i'm using like downward facing dog you're not your hands are on the floor, but you're not requiring anything of them. If you're in plank, if you're in push-up, if you're in an arm balance, if you're in a handstand, you are in a position where you are requiring something of your hands, and you need to, them to grip the floor. Like you need to be pulling the gravity up into. It'd be like the energy up standing
1: into. and bouncing on just your like heels. Yeah, which are not using your toes. Your heels. Yeah, not yeah. use your toes at all.
0: Yeah, be, like again, if you're if you're doing an active position with your hands on the floor and you're not you that like you're you know your hands are are inactive, you need to turn turn that on. You need to find it like gripping the floor will really change the pressure in your wrist because you won't feel the weight going down instead you'll feel that you're lifting up Mm -hmm. and that is a big, big game changer. So that would be one of the things that I would, or a lot of things I guess I would definitely consider when it comes to your wrists. Um, uh, Do you have any tips for working on your hollow back in forearm balance? Hollow back and forearm balance, any tips?
1: uh i would say for me being tight into the no knowing where you're you know where you're not moving very well yeah and what what where your limitations are because it's most likely either in the hips or shoulders or spine and so for me particular um my best hollow backs especially when i was starting was making sure that i was primed and ready and open for the position and i used a wall yeah, That helped me tremendously when I first started.
0: I think a wall is awesome for the hollow back because you can really push through your forearms yeah. and through f- your feet and you'll actually create way more space.
1: Because I, I wasn't necessarily trying to, my goal wasn't necessarily at first to balance because I love just the opening space yeah. that it gives me. So the wall definitely provided me to c- create that energy and effort without having to feel like I'm having to balance it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that with the wall because it really feels like you have like this complete circuit experience. Like you're, you may be. Your forearms are pushing down against the floor, so that's energy going up, and then your feet are on the wall and they're pushing the wall, and so there's like energy moving. It's like traffic moving in two directions, yes. right? And there's there's a there's a channel of energy going up, and, and you're a controlling of energy them going both down of them. totally. And so it's like it's really in flow, and it's really it's really sorted out because you're not worried about the balance. And you can,
1: if you want to adjust your hips, you can adjust your hips, or yeah. you can adjust the shoulders or how you need to.
0: Yeah, it's it's a nice a nice first place to be. As you begin to bounce that in the middle of the room, I would say the next thing I would really consider would be to get comfortable dropping your gaze. And I wouldn't worry about the back bend just yet mm-hmm. unless yeah, I wouldn't worry about the backbend just yet. Instead, I would bring my first focus to gaze shifting. Um, because when you shift your vision, that's that's a whole new game. Whole Plus, new game. your head weighs you know, anywhere between 8 and 11 pounds. And so if your head is out, that's 8 and 11 pounds in one direction. As you drop your gaze, that's 8 to 11 pounds in another space. Your balance shifts a little bit. And, to, and that's part of the reason that Um, a big, you may see a big hollow back with a picture on the internet or something like that. Um, and the person's chin is to their chest and they're really, you know, trying to look up kind of towards the sky or back behind them. But that's because the head is almost a counterweight to Mm -hmm. the dropping of the hips and the feet over your head. So getting comfortable with, with shifting your head position while staying rooted in your forearms and really feeling grounded there, I think is also really helpful to exploring bigger space. And then
1: um, knowing where your hands are at,
0: obviously the most closed position,
1: palms down in the shoulders, least uh, more open and then the most open palms facing up, how we carry things. Um, That really helps shift a lot of things.
0: No, tremendously, you like playing with different, if you're trying to hollow back, I would definitely start holding a block in between your hands, palms pushing into the block, not palms on the floor. or hands pushing together in that prayer position because that is going to give you a good solid foundation where you you have a good range of motion um and where you have the ability to move forwards and backwards so that that would be uh some good tips there um that i think that i think would help you out um all right y'all uh, last last little bit, just random questions that came in. And there's <laughs> is this like a, speed round? <laughs> I, this is kind of like a little speed round, if you will. Uh, but new merch is on the way. New commune merch, new Awakening Yoga merch. We've been making it. There's a lot of, you know, some old hitters are coming back as well as some new classics. Um, so we're excited about it. We've been a, a good work in progress for a bit, but you know we're bringing out some more stuff, which is going to be cool.
1: But jump on them fast yeah, because jump when, on it we're, fast, when we're, when
0: we're out, out, we're out. When we're out, we're out. When they come, they come. And That's just kind of is what that, it that, is.
1: At least that's what the guy who said that ships the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and then uh, are there any details on upcoming trainings? yet and the answer is not yet and uh hopefully within the next few weeks we will have uh some of that stuff locked down but um as we really try to make some plans some solid plans that will last um you know we're we're getting a bit more optimistic about 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 plans that that are going to make sense (laughs) and that are going to work um you know for for in-person events as well as online events here soon but uh it's as we begin to plan more and more things, it's it's just um, you know it's it's just we're, man, working. Man, man. That, we're working that we're grinding, we're like grinding, we can, and we just we just want to make sure anything that we say we're gonna do we we're can. gonna do we're, it, we're yeah. gonna do, and so that's that's like a big team motto here is like hey if you commit to it you got to do it. We're not and,
1: trying to be like 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 the the uncle that said hey you yeah. know I'm, I'm gonna bring you along this the trip with me yeah <laughs> come on Uncle John yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly um but i i definitely am working on uh we're definitely working on training stuff and we're also looking at future workshop dates both for here in seattle and um in in places across the world for <laughs> i know you're pumped so oh, i'm bummed about <laughs> it but i'm happy that, that that i i do believe that there's a good path ahead we um, got light at the end of we the. we got tunnel. light at the end of the tunnel and, uh, yeah, as we, um, as we, you know, keep progressing, we'll, of course, keep you all in the loop, keep you all in the mix with us. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, we look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Peace. Groovy. I'm just going to hit this opening for the, uh, the audio.